we are studying the book of Acts. And we're in our third week and we're examining what it means to be people filled with the Spirit. And people who are kind of living that life out with the fruits of the Spirit flowing out of us. And so in a minute, Helen's going to come up, come up and read Acts 5, 17 to 21. So if you want to find that in your Bibles or on your phone. Um, and while you're doing that, I'll quickly summarize where we're up to in the book of Acts. And see, book of Acts, what it do, does it do? It teaches us that Jesus is alive. That he is seated at the right hand of God. And that through the power of the Holy Spirit, the good news of God's kingdom is going to spread. And we see this happening in chapter one when Jesus tells the believers to wait, to wait on the Holy Spirit. And once they've received that Holy Spirit, they will then become his witness. And on the day of Pentecost that happens, the Holy Spirit descends. And the believers begin speaking in different languages. And they're the languages of the people who have come to see what is happening. And at that point, the church is founded. 3,000 people respond to this message when Peter stood up and delivered this testimony. This man who was fearful and who ran away is now standing up and sharing a message to these people. And they respond and the church grows and it continues to grow and then people begin to learn to live this life out together with one another. And in Acts 2, we get that amazing passage where they are kind of devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. They're devoting themselves to prayer, to eating together, to doing life together. And as a result of it, the church continued to grow. However, at that moment, and I'd be told us last week, opposition began to arise and Peter and John are arrested and they're put in prison. But what happens? The church continued to grow. Nothing was stopping this movement. And the believers, they remained faithful and they remained faithful through the power of the Spirit. And that brings us to chapter five where we are today. So I'm going to ask Helen just to come up and read Acts 5, 17 to 21. Thank you, Helen. So Acts 5, <clears throat> 17 to 21. Then the high priest and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go and stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people all about this new life. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts, as they'd been told, and began to teach the people. When the high priest and his associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin, the full assembly of the elders of Israel, and sent to jail for the apostles. Dot, dot, dot. Thank you, Helen. I'm going to pray. Father God, we thank you for your words. And just would you open our hearts and our ears to hear what you have to say to us today. Amen. The songs were so good this morning. Thank you. And it all reminded us of God's faithfulness to us. See, God promised in Acts 1, didn't he? He said, this gospel message would spread. It would go from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria and then to the ends of the world when the Holy Spirit comes. And in chapter 4, like I said, it was happening. It was spreading throughout Jerusalem. And in chapter 5, the church is now beginning to go from Jerusalem and it's beginning to move into Judea. In verse 16, just before the one Helen read, it says, The word got out and people from the surrounding towns outside of Jerusalem were being drawn into this message. It was moving. But as we know, not everyone was happy. Not everyone was celebrating or taking pleasure in what was going on. 
in this movement. And the temple rulers were not happy. We know that because it says in the passage, they were filled with jealousy. They knew very well that these apostles were fishermen, they were tax collectors, they were uneducated people. And this humiliated them because people were now following them and their message. And so the Sadducees are making every effort they can to stop the spread of this gospel. And they begin by arresting Peter and John and they throw them in prison, but it didn't work. And so as a result of this, they raise the stakes. And now they've detained all of the apostles. All of them have been put in this public prison. They thought they were losing control, and they were. But they were determined to maintain the power and the influence that they had. So they sought to silence these apostles and to imprison them. And by arresting the apostles, they hoped to show everyone around them that they were in charge that their intention was to suppress them, it was to drive fear into them, and it was to drive fear into those around them, their believers and their followers, to kind of stop this movement completely. So they invented this system that killed, that stole and destroyed lives, and they were trying to live this out and put this out there. And so what did they do? They arrested all of the 12 apostles and they put them all in prison. And I'm quite interested, it doesn't tell us, what were they thinking when they were thrown in prison? What were the apostles, what was going through their mind? Were they thinking, actually, who is now going to teach these new believers? Who's going to look after the new believers? Is this church movement, is it going to begin to fold away? Especially now it's moving into Judea. Who is going to take charge? Well, maybe they were a bit fearful within themselves. And some of their old lives that was inside of them that we knew in the Gospels where their fear was beginning to come back to them. Whatever it was, we don't know, but whatever happened, God was going to remind them of something. He was coming into that prison to remind them. They needed God to remind them that he had authority over every single situation that they faced. That he had the authority to release them from captivity, whatever the situation was going on. And undo the Sadducees' attempt to imprison them and destroy them and to stop this gospel message from spreading. And we're told that in verse 19, we're told that during the night, an angel of the Lord, he opened the prison doors and he brought them out. See, the angel is a messenger from God and this angel has a message for the disciples. And that message was from God. And the disciples are going to be reminded of something in this new season in their life, this season of persecution. And that message was, you have been set free. You are free. And nothing's going to stop that. You know, God was reminding them that he has them in his hand, that they are his and they have nothing to fear. And nothing is going to stop this gospel message from spreading. No one is going to stop it, not even these religious rulers who controlled everything. And we see that the apostles are set free. They're set free by divine intervention. They're set free by only what God can do. He went in and he unlocked a closed door in a prison and he brought them out. And only God is capable of doing that. And it's so important that we allow the Spirit to continually remind us. When we step into new seasons in our lives, when we go through tough times and tough moments, that we are in his hands and that we have been set free and nothing will change and nothing will stop that. You know, we need to know that no shame can stop that, that no guilt can stop that, that nothing can separate it. Our past cannot separate us, our sin cannot separate us, our scars, our failures, you know, the enemy cannot separate us. Why? Because God's love for us will never, ever change. And that we are his and we are his forever. And that we have been set free from him forever. 
from him. You know, I had experience of this, of God reminding me of this. And we need to be reminded of this often. I was on this college retreat and part of the college retreat, we were told to keep silence for half of it. And I don't mind silence. I quite enjoy, especially um, at home. Um, uh, but I felt this, I hated this moment. I really did. And I just began to feel incredibly fearful and just trapped and just stuck. And all these thoughts just started going through my mind. And you couldn't talk to anyone about it or get anyone to pray because you weren't allowed to say a word. Um, it was just really weird, but I just hated it. But every day we had these Bible readings. And one of the days we had this Bible reading, um, he was talking to us about Jesus and the storm. And these disciples were in this boat and this storm arose. And they are panicking and they are fearful and they're not sure what's going to happen. And Jesus is asleep in the boat and they go and wake him and they say, don't you care that we are going to die? We're going to drown. And he gets up, doesn't he? And he calms this storm and he turns to them and says, why are you afraid? Don't you know I'm with you? I'm with you through this and that you are free. And this journey is, is different for all of us, isn't it? And some of us might be going through things right now where we just feel a bit trapped. But we have to allow God's Spirit to come in and remind us of those words that we are free and that he will unlock any door that we feel trapped in. 1 Colossians 13 says this, it says, God rescued us from dead end alleys. From dark dungeons, he set us in the kingdom of the son he loves so much. The son who got us out of the pit we were in, who got rid of the sins we were doomed to keep repeating. Yeah. And so we have to embrace this and we have to allow God to fill us with this and continually remind us of this. Because I find the more we do this, the more we're then equipped to move on and do what the next thing that happened in this passage. See, there was another message for the disciples from the angel. And this message was to go and to stand in the temple courts and to tell people about this new life. They're instructed to do three things by God. The first one was to go. You know, upon hearing the word go, I would have been inclined to run and hide and get my donkey, whatever they traveled on then, and just to, just to flee. But God is saying, no, you're going to go somewhere because I have something for you to do. And they were called to go and stand to stand in the temple courts, to go and stand up for this freedom that they had experienced, this experience that they have had through Jesus. You know, they were called to go to temple courts, the place where people were meant to meet with God and experience God's healing. But this has been lost completely and this whole new message from these religious leaders had been set up. And it made it so hard to access God. And the disciples were told to go and stand in this place, a place where people were in bondage, where people were imprisoned, and where the enemy had taken over. And they were told to do this. They were told to tell people about this life, to tell people about this gospel message, to tell people about eternal life, to tell people about the freedom that they have received and that they too can receive. And the apostles were told to go to the temple and proclaim this message of life to people. And what did they do? They did it immediately. You know, there was no running away from them anymore. There was no hiding in fear anymore. It tells us at daybreak, they entered the temple courts and began to teach. You know, they weren't afraid or fearful. It's just like, let's get on with this. You know, they were a group of ordinary people and they were but a group of ordinary people who knew they had been set free and who knew that they had been filled with the Spirit 
And as a result of that, they were prepared to go and boldly stand up for Jesus. Even in the threats of um, the fears over their lives and what these Sadducees were saying to them. So where does God want you to go today? Where is he calling you to go? Where is he calling you to stand? Who is he calling you to go and share this message of life with? This same retreat, I was told this story um, by one of the vicars. And for me, it's a story that describes what it means to go and stand and speak. Um, the church that he's a part of, they run this outreach to rough sleepers. And this man from the church felt he wanted to be a part of that and got involved and volunteered. That's where he felt God was calling him to go. And every week they'll go out around the streets and they'll walk around and they'll chat with those who are sleeping on rough. And they'll say, just come into the church, be fed, get clothed, or just try and build friendships with them. And this man would always go up to this one guy in particular. And he would always invite him into the church and this man would always decline. But he kept going and he kept meeting with him and kept chatting to him. And it was one day, and I was going to say it was like a typical English, cold, damp, grey weather, but... That doesn't really happen here now, does it? But it was, you can imagine it. Um, and it was one of those, it was, it was just cold, it was wet, it was damp, it was horrible. And he invited this man into church and the man finally agreed. And he went with him into the church and he went through the church doors. And as they were going through the church doors, he grabbed this man's arm. And he said, please don't leave me alone because I'm just not used to this at all. And the guy said, no worry, I will stay with you this whole time. And he stayed with him. As he stayed with him, he allowed the man to take his shoes off. Then he allowed him to take his socks off and he had several pairs all tattered, all worn out and he took them off. Then he allowed him to wash his feet and he allowed him to feed him. So this man got to experience God's love because someone was willing to stand and take this gospel message to him. He passed away about a week later on the streets, but he passed away knowing God loves him. You know, where is God calling us to go? As a church, where is he calling us to stand? We need to go. And if we continue reading Acts 5, we'll find that sometimes when we go and when we stand, we face ridicule, we face mockery, people will make fun of us, people around the world, even more serious, will be put in prison and some will even be killed. And we see this with disciples. Shortly after they are escaped from prison and they're in the temple courts, what happens? They are back in prison. And I encourage you, keep reading chapter 5, because you see that. They're back in prison, and eventually they are beaten up for this faith. But what happens? During this, their reply to the Sadducees was this. We must obey God rather than men, because this gospel message of freedom has to be proclaimed. And in verse 42, it says this. After they were beaten, they continued to go out day after day, Standing and sharing this gospel message, knocking on people's doors or in the church or in the temple courts. And it's not easy in hostile environments. I used to work for a Christian charity called Ambassadors Football, and we ran projects across London working with churches, and we were working with the Salvation Army in Stratford, and we were asking God for direction God, where do you want us to go? Where do you want us to stand? And we felt Him calling us to this location on West Ham Lane where there was this outdoor football pitch. Um, and we called the project The Furnace. Um, because every night we'd have about every Friday night between about 7 and 11, we'll go there. And there was about 30 to 40 young men there. And they gave us a lot of abuse. And it was constant. And there were days when I just wanted to go and not be there. But we felt that this is where God was calling us. We felt he was saying, you need to keep coming here. And sadly, even our prayers, we couldn't pray for rain because the pitch had a roof. So even when it rained, we still had to go. Um, uh, and 
it was just hard. But we would always pray, God, fill us with your spirit and let those around us know of your love today. And this one night, this young man came up to me and he said to me, why are you doing this? Why are you coming here on a Friday night and being kind of told all this stuff by people? And we said, we're here because we are from the church and we feel like God is calling us here and we want you to know that Jesus loves you. And he said, that's funny because he told me that he used to go to church and he used to believe in God, but he completely walked away from it. And he told God at the start of that week, God, if you are real, please come back to me. Please show me who you are. And he came to him on that Friday night in Stratford. And I watched him go on this incredible journey where he came back into a relationship with God, but he began to then share that with other people. And I went with him to Romania, to his hometown in Arad, and we got to run this football camp for 100 children. In a, it was an incredible time. Um, and they got to experience God's love because of his heart and what God did in him. So God can use anyone. And we know this by looking at the lives of the apostles, a group of ordinary people, but a group of people who had an understanding that they had been set free. And they were a group of people who were filled with the Spirit. And they were prepared to go, they were prepared to stand, and they were prepared to share this news of this life to those around them, no matter what the cost. And that's what we're called to do as well. So if the band want to come, I'm just going to invite you to take a moment. Uh, if you wait, if you'd like to stand, you can, um, you can, you're welcome, you can stand. And I just felt God wants to remind us of this when I was praying about it. In Acts 2, verse 4, he says, everyone was filled with the Spirit. And in Acts 2, 17, it says, I'll pour out my Spirit on all people. And in Acts 4, 31, it says, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. God wants to fill all of us. And it's not just a little, I was trying to get a volunteer to do this and no one would do it. I was trying to pour water on people and I asked a lot of people and no one wanted to do this. No one. Um, not Mark or Ollie or it's really bad. Or Matt. Um, and I just wanted to show you this example. Just God wants to pour his spirit on us. You know, he wants to remind us continually that we have been set free. You know, and he wants to pour his spirit on us so that we will then go out and we will go and we will stand and we will share this life to those around us. But we just got to be willing to accept it and take it. So I'd love to pray for that today. And if that's something you want more prayer for, on the left there will be people praying and would love for you to come up and would love to pray with you. So if you are happy, please stand and I'm going to pray.